Welcome to the Living in the Future podcast, where we bring to light specialized topics from life in the modern age. For this episode, I'm going to be doing another short audio essay. This one covers visions of the future from the past, specifically the visions created by the Disney Corporation. Lately, I've found myself fascinated with visions of the future from the past. As a child, my family took me to Disney World in Florida, and specifically to the Epcot theme park. At that point, Epcot was dedicated to envisioning the future provided by American corporations. Not as it is now simply a chance for product placement and synergy with Disney's growing staple of media titles. I loved the rides that told me all the wonderful things that would await me when I became an adult. One of my favorite rides was called Horizons, sponsored by General Electric. It showed previous visions of the future, and then its own crafted from the latest science of the day. As a child living in a suburban, or sometimes semi-rural environment, the vision of the futuristic apartment in the city was a wish I'd always hoped for. Looking at the ride-through videos now, there doesn't seem to be much that's futuristic in the cityscape besides a video phone, which we all find ridiculously common and even tedious at this point. In looking through other videos of Epcot, I remember my father discussing with an employee why the Epcot Park was so different from what he envisioned. He, I, I can only assume, had thought Epcot would be true to its name, the experimental prototype community of tomorrow. Videos released on DVD from the 60s show the original plans that Disney had envisioned there were for a futuristic utopia where people would live transported by monorails and people movers in an entirely planned city created in partnership with American industry. It would incorporate the latest in technology and be ever evolving, run by technocrats. I became fascinated with the worlds that Disney put forward as a futurist and found other videos, ones promising the benefits of atomic technology, rocketry, and relics from exhibits in Disney's Tomorrowland in the original California park. One of the features of Tomorrowland was the Monsanto House of the Future, designed by MIT and Monsanto and manufactured 100% from plastics. The story was that when they destroyed it, the plastics were so strong, they had difficulty taking it apart. It provided an oversized prefabrication vision of luxury suburban living, though I'd strongly bet it was also carcinogenic. This vision never materialized, though many of the technical improvements did come to life, like the featured microwave. While we all have microwaves now, instead of more space, cities are considering selling micro-apartments, or living spaces under 300 square feet. So while the products of industrial work came true, the distribution of actual space seems to fall short. The atomic technology video was narrated by a man named Heinz Haber. Haber was a former Nazi, brought to the United States after the war by Operation Paperclip, along with Werner von Braun, a narrator on Disney's rocketry videos. The video with Haber is highly produced and argues that atomic power and technology are wholly positive and will bring us into a new utopian age. The video was recut in the 80s and edited to add new footage. 
The one from the 80s seems more nuanced and offers straw man opposition to nuclear power, giving some negatives to what was in the 50s wholly positive. While the production value is much lower in the newer version, it talks about one drawback of certain common reactor designs. They mention that some people argue that a lack of coolant could cause a meltdown of the reactor fuel, though others say that cooling systems are redundant and unlikely to fail. The video depicting what some people say is in fact the exact flow of events that happened at the Fukushima reactor in Japan. It seems that this technical vision of the future came true as well. However, any regard for safety or limits on technical development seem again to be something that got overlooked. Yet another Disney futuristic prophecy is something called Magic Highway USA, which promotes a future of interconnected highways for the freedom of the automobile. At some point, it puts forth the idea that because of all the automation we will have in the future, we'll all have ample time off and vacations, which we'll drive to with self-driving cars. While the self-driving cars are now real, thanks to industry, the free time is not, even though individual productivity has soared. The latest invention of the American corporation in how they treat their workers is unlimited time off, which gives an employee as much time as they would want with no fixed allotment and no accrual days. All that needs to be done is to get approval from your manager. Studies have shown that with unlimited time off, most employees take fewer days, not more, and that the previous system of accrual, forced time off, or compensation for time off when your manager didn't approve. Along with Disney, other former Disney employees also promulgated a vision of a prosperous future just around the corner, made by American corporations. John Sutherland, a former Disney employee, generated many animated shorts, all with the specific purpose of promoting American values and American corporate power. Sutherland worked for Disney for a short time and then left to start his own animation studio, focused on propaganda. Disney would send business his way when the task didn't fit the entertainment company. Many of the innovations that are predicted in these videos and in Epcot itself came true through hard work and research by the general public working hard for corporations. We now have the devices prophesized in the futuristic visions. What we do not have is the utopia of time off and easy living that was promised alongside them. John Maynard Keynes in the 1930s, reacting to the Great Depression, argued that excess wealth would solve what he calls the economic problem in a hundred years. Keynes believed that all the excess wealth generated by avarice would lead to a search for efficiencies, which would make everyone's life better. In Keynes' own words, the strenuous, purposeful money makers may carry all of us, along with them into the lap of economic abundance. As we are 10 years from his predicted date, with more people working than ever before, it seems clear there was a mistake. His mistake seems twofold. First, being that the devices that benefit us all are not neutral, but have a goal to keep the status quo at best, and more likely a world in which many work and few reap. The second reason is that while all the work may be going into a devices to improve the quality of working life, 
of people with regard to convenience. It does not go to improving the quality of life of employees in relation to their employer. Take for example productivity. While productivity of each worker is gained by leaps and bounds since Brenton Woods failed, the pay going to each worker has not kept up. I doubt a corporation would make a video talking about how workers could maintain their pay to productivity ratio. In fact, Sutherland has a video explicitly talking about how wages and prices continue to raise in relationship to each other. I doubt the Sutherland Corporation would cover the stability of the dollar amount of prices while the price of labor plummets and the value of the dollar falls as well, in some part due to our international trade agreements, which make the minimum wage a farce. These messages, as the Epcot that my father found, were also sponsored by American corporations, as were some of the Disney videos, promoting a future just around the corner if we just let the corporations do as they plan. The Disney ride that I love so much jokes that previous visions of the future always promised easy living just around the corner, and then proceeds to tell the writer how this time it really is. When I consider my views from my book, it's not going to get better. That Bretton Woods allowed an over-harvesting of resources and a level of prosperity unrivalable at any point in the future. These visions of the future seem to be a motivating tool to help guide our society to harvest resources and provide prosperity for the then ruling class. The future seems to be part of American life, along with the frontier and Main Street, all sections of the original Disneyland and Southern California. These facets of the American psyche seem to be the very heart of our mythology, shaping our world and helping us function. I wonder, as the current future seems bleak, if this lack of promised progress is what has started to crack some of the foundational myths which we find necessary to keep going. I personally find it difficult that the hope and excitement that I felt on that Epcot ride cannot be recaptured in my current life. When I can, I have visited the Walt Disney Concert Hall in Los Angeles. The Frank Geary Design Building seems to have some small fraction of hope for the future with its radical curves and shapes. For a second, I feel the future city is possible. I think this recapturing is dangerous, however, because it, as with all optimistic futures, lures me into a sense of complacency, that things are going, even in some small capacity, fine that I should just worry about my personal affairs and let the natural flow of progress take the wheel. I think it's this complacency that is part of the American dream which has landed us where we are today, awash in plastic with dwindling water and food resources, all the while demanding higher and higher output, betting on it with our retirement funds, forcing the over-harvesting to go faster and with more zeal. The future was never set for anything other than what we would allow it to be. But the future of the carnival barker Disney, which gave me such hope, is something I miss and long for to this day, even as I live in its result. I think the attractiveness of this dream has forced many of us to believe that if we change our behavior to what it was when the false promises were made, that maybe they'll come true. 
the truth that his promise of the future is the cause of our current situation is a little too painful. As new situations arise that seem to contradict the false promises of the past, given the choice between reacting to them and bending our previous visions to reality, or to simply stay steadfast with blinders on, we seem to choose the latter. Those animated dreams have turned out to be all lies, designed to keep you doing what your employer wants done, while they burn up the future right in front of you. But how I do wish for them, because they may be the only place where this world is just, equitable, fair, and futuristic.